Emerging writers, welcome. We're so glad that you could join us today as we continue delving into the fantasy genre this month. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my best friend Kayla and my sister Jordan. Hello. Hi. Today, we're finally talking about Mistborn, The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson. We'll go over the book in a spoiler-free section and then dive into a full-on discussion. Okay, so Mistborn, The Final Empire is set in a dystopian world where ash falls from the sky, mists cover the ground at night like a natural mist, and all of the plants are brown. It's a grim world, and the story follows Vin, who starts out as a thief in a thief gang. Yeah. <laughs> a thieving ring. A thieving ring. <laughs> uh, and then she has subtle powers of persuasion, and eventually gets involved in a plot of political intrigue and adventure and fully realizes her powers. Uh, as an aside, because I didn't actually read the like synopsis for the book at all, is, is that where you got your inspiration for like the, uh, the spoiler-free thing? Well, I looked at the synopsis a little bit online on Wikipedia, but mostly I wanted to set the scene without giving away. It's hard with a book this long because I don't want to. I don't want to give away the first hundred pages. <laughs> so that's the starting setup and a little bit of what to expect from the type of plot it has. Mm -hmm. Oh, so before we dive into the full discussion, I want to say that. I really enjoyed this book and would definitely recommend it if you're looking for a fantasy novel to pick up. Hopefully most of you have already read this and we're going to dive into the spoilers in just a moment. Yeah, for me, parts of it I really enjoyed. There was a bit of a steep learning curve on the um, magical aspects, but overall I think if you're into a lot of world building, it's a very good story for you to read. Yeah, if you want something that's really heavy in its world and you appreciate when an author has clearly spent a lot of time creating their world and understanding how it works and everything like that, then this is probably something that's going to be up your alley. Um, I'm a little iffy whether I would recommend it or not. It would really depend on the person I'm talking to and how well I know their tastes. I really wanted to like it and I kind of walked away a little conflicted feeling personally. Mm. Yeah, I really enjoy how in-depth the magic system is and how complex the world is. And so it's a little bit of a work to get into, but I feel like once you're into the world, for me, I would recommend it. But there's definitely parts that are less strong than others. So let's dive right in and discuss that. And if you are listening to this episode and care about spoilers, now would be the time to stop. So let's start with the world building, the environment, the ash, the mist, the dystopian overall feeling. I was really into it. I thought it was an interesting, unique take on the world. I really liked the idea of the mist and the ash. That was 
that whole mood that it put everything in, that everything's kind of dead and you don't know why everything's dead, it was kind of interesting to me. I definitely liked that part of the book and I was curious about where it was going to go and the reasoning for it. It certainly set a really interesting tone very early on, especially with uh, like ash fell from the sky. Like those opening words, really interesting, really grabs your attention. You're wondering what's going on in this world. I also personally really loved the idea of this is a world where the hero failed. Mm. And this is the aftermath of the hero failing. And as a concept, I really love that idea. And I think it's really interesting. And I wish more people would consider it. Well, maybe I don't wish more people would consider it because I don't want it to become just what everyone does. But I love that someone decided to. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting overall concept. I would like to see a couple more stories like it. Mm -hmm. But even in the general concept, I think this was a really fascinating take on what the consequences of that looked like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how it affects the world when the hero fails their world-saving journey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was super interesting to me and a good take. Yeah, so more specific than just the world, this is all set within a pretty confined city structure Mm -hmm. and has a lot of politics within it with the... uh, lord ruler who's this god emperor Mm -hmm. yeah who everyone is afraid of and it's like super revered and nobody really understands where he came from or why he's you know so strong they just as far as the people know he was the hero Mm -hmm. originally who then succeeded but became (laughs) evil Yeah, they're not really sure. (laughs) I would say overall, I find him a pretty insubstantial villain. Yeah, he's not really, you just don't see him. Like people talk about him a lot, but I never felt like. What is so villainous? Yeah, and I just. There's not enough examples of it, I feel like. I also just didn't feel like I believed how powerful he was. Yeah. Like, he didn't feel like a threat at all to our characters. Yeah, I think the most you see from him is really in those journal excerpts. Mm-hmm. And those are not him at his strongest, and it's a little bit of a reveal at the end. That it's not even him. That it's not even him. <laughs> yeah. It's a secondhand story about how basically shitty he was. Yeah, and how he just wrecked everything was like, no, it's going to be me. The nasty Pac-Man hates me. (laughs) Well, the hero is the one who wrote those journal entries. yeah. And it's him being like, I don't even know if they were correct. And I like, I'm supposed to be this hero, but I doubt myself a lot. And is that going to mess everything up? What are people going to think if they find out that the hero of the world doesn't believe in himself Mm. and then he ends up failing anyway and, like, the person who takes over was someone that he writes about saying hates him? Yeah. Like, you, it's just a really interesting idea. I liked the journal entries because they were, at first, very optional. Mm. Because it was just these very short little snippets written above the like title for the chapter. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Pretty much right away, I figured out it was supposed to be 
the like hero mm-hmm. who was supposed to be the Lord Emperor in the end. So it didn't feel like any sort of gradual reveal to me. Like first, first two chapters, and I was like, ah, I know who this is. Yeah, on my first read through of this a couple years ago, I skipped almost all of them. I don't enjoy reading little passages that don't have anything to do, that aren't directly connected to the action. I'm like, let me get to the good stuff. Mm. But only in the reread, because I knew it mattered, did I try to read all of them. Yeah, I feel like doing little snippets above chapters and excerpts from things is difficult to do right. Because if it is super disconnected and you don't make it clear pretty early on, obviously like people skim them or just ignore them because it's hard to, especially at the beginning of a story, care what weird thing that you don't understand when you're jumping into a new world is going on in these little notes, especially when you don't know who's talking or what stakes they have and why it's important. Yeah, I think it's another example of how this book is a little bit of work to get into. Yeah. It's definitely not a quick, after-work, thoughtless read, which Mm -hmm. is some of my favorites. But Mm -hmm. I do really love this. I just had to set aside time to read it and be mindful of, like, let's pay attention now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's no skimming just to the dialogue or something in this book. You need to pay attention. (laughs) Oh, I did in some parts. (laughs) We'll get to that. Yeah. One of the things I really engaged with was the class structure and the ska and the noblemen. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh, hierarchy and the the suffering that those people have had for so long was the true evil that I could grab onto in this world. The Lord Ruler was not really a substantially evil like we talked about. But the class structure and the way that they're treated again and again is something where I'm like, yeah, that does have to change. There does have to be a revolution. But to me, there was just this disconnect between the class structure and the Lord Ruler and the like actual political leader. Yeah, I really did like that as well. And I liked that they addressed that you couldn't just immediately form a rebellion and you really needed something big to inspire these oppressed people into doing something because in that sort of a situation where you've been pushed down for generations, you know, you can't just expect everyone to break out of it and rise up. Not when the city and the rulers are so powerful that they can just crush any opposition. Yeah. It's an interesting take on uh, what happens when a select few are given access to magic in a world Mm -hmm. and how that will affect power structures. Yeah. Because these noblemen have the ability to be born with the uh, ability to touch magic or Mm -hmm. like use the magic in the world. And unless you have noble blood in you from like a very recent generation, those ska like lower people, as it were, don't have that ability. So they're not as power, even just innately. And then they've been beaten down forever and ever. And all of the rebellions have been like thwarted for what was it? A thousand years or more or something like that. A really long time. So what's crazy is that there would even still be a substantial amount of people running away to these rebellions. Yeah. And the, just the inherent entitlement that the noblemen have because 
they're set above and they also have these like opportunities that maybe they hit the genetic jackpot mm-hmm. and they're a misting or a mistborn. I think it's also really interesting how with the ska they kept the mist secret and made it this mythological scary thing that they couldn't go out in and kind of that added to the world's like fears and mythology that we've kind of talked about in the world building. I really mm-hmm. liked that they addressed the Ska's misbelief about what the mist was and how their world worked. And they were very misled and didn't understand it and were fearful of it. Well, I mean, but even the noblemen were uncomfortable by it. They just had this like amount of weird pride <laughs> where they're like, I have to pretend it doesn't bother me, but really I'm quaking in my boots, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like one of the like most awful things about the book was just that they would sleep with their ska slaves and then if they got pregnant they're like oh well just kill that girl and the baby we can't possibly uh do this bad thing and then make some extra people who have powers it was just oh such I a slimy was a really thing interesting aspect of like based on how the world works and you definitely don't want these lower people who you don't have control over because they can slip away Mm -hmm. having powers and possibly being uh, a nuisance i think it makes a lot of sense that that's how they would handle it yeah and like clearly it's terrible and it sucks but i thought it was a really believable reaction yeah i thought people with power to abuse it and abuse people and then not have to deal with consequences for it yeah yeah it's the way that too many people with power tend to work and it felt really true to that cultural thing that we see again and again yeah speaking of the mist i really loved the mist wraiths they were super creepy Mm. uh 10 out of 10 would be disgusted again (laughs) i really liked that it was creepy but like wasn't gonna harm her and it was just like this gross thing that she just hated the concept of and they're like at the very end you know when They're like, oh, well, I guess he answers to you now. And she's like, no, he does not. He is going home and I'm not looking at him ever again. I Uh, love. How do you pronounce it? Kandra? Kandara? Kandra or something like that? I don't know. I'm going to pronounce everything wrong in this thing. Uh, The Kandra are some of my favorite parts in the two sequels that I read a couple years ago. And I really like how richly their world is expanded out. And their powers. That's Dang. interesting. I no. wasn't necessarily thinking about reading the other ones, but I might read up on the lore behind them because a hundred percent, if I was in her shoes and they were like, yeah, it answers to you, you know, I'm like, cool, I'm going to learn so much about it now. This yeah. is fascinating. It's <laughs> so interesting. It's, I think, the most fascinating part of world building from this book is the, the mistress and the chondros. Mm-hmm. I would definitely be grilling it on how this thing works. Like it would have <laughs> like explain so many yourself. questions to answer to. <laughs> yeah, I, that's definitely part of book two when she is stuck with this thing. I don't want to spoil any of the sequel, but wonderful, it, it's worth it. That's interesting. That makes me more likely to slog through the parts I didn't like in the book for those interesting world-building details that I'm very interested in. Uh, Sorry. The things that I really hated and had a visceral reaction to is the Inquisitors, because I have a minor phobia of eye injuries. 
Mm-hmm. And terrible, barely human villains with giant spikes through their eyes are not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, they were very creepy. <laughs> so what I mentioned earlier that I didn't feel like the the Lord Emperor was a threat at all in the story. Mm-hmm. These guys felt like the only true threat in the yes. whole thing, yeah. which I'm sure was partly intentional, but I don't know. It just felt like they kept talking up the the Lord Emperor and then... Lord Ruler. Yeah. And I don't know. The whole time it, it felt like it was going to be all talk and no action. Like it felt like by the time we got to him, it was just going to be a pretty easy win. Yeah, I think... Uh... I'm okay with the Inquisitors feeling like a bigger threat for Vin because she was born a Ska and was a thief and only now is stepping into her role as something more. And so it makes sense that the people that are on her radar as the highest threat is not going to be the Lord Emperor and the Lord Ruler of the entire like civilization. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be these guys that patrol the streets and are after her yeah, and can but sense her <laughs> there just wasn't enough in the background terrible things that the lord ruler was doing and i felt like the overall fight wasn't hard enough yeah it was a very lackluster fight compared to everything that went on and the amount of descriptive detail that went into all the other fights <laughs> i'll say this it was the only one i was able to read through yeah i read I through it skipped too most of all the other fights because the magic system in concept was really interesting and I appreciate how much effort and thought was put into it and how uh, it makes sense with the laws of physics and he kind of added like some chemistry elements in there and biology and stuff like that. But the execution of the magic was very hard for me to read because of the constant switching back and forth between powers and the constant reminding me. And now she's burning pewter and she's strong now. And now she's burning this and now she's burning that. And because I had to constantly read the same words over Mm -hmm. and over of her Mm -hmm. switching back and forth, while I understand it's probably instantaneous of her switching between powers, because I had to pause and read over these words, it slowed the pacing down And it just, like, I sludged through it and was like, and now she's switching, and now she's switching. And it was just very repetitive and hard to get through. They were the least enjoyable sections for me. I would say that the fights are my least favorite, but that's just my personal take on most action scenes. But because I was so interested in the magic and I really enjoy the way it's done, I didn't skim over much of them. I enjoy the concept of the magic I did not enjoy the execution either it was very jarring to read all the explanation like Mm -hmm. it was almost like he could have done with some explanation when she's learning it but then to continue spelling it out for me the whole time yeah it just felt like way too much and like okay I get how it works you don't need to keep telling me every single footstep she makes and if she's pulling or pushing and those like capitalized pulling and pushing because it's a special move just threw me off and I didn't like it I like the concept and like how they worked with the physics and made it you know 
be her downfall sometimes because she pulled on the wrong thing or pushed on the wrong thing. But, oh, it was really hard to get through all the repetitiveness of it. But I could tell he really thought through how it worked and liked it. It felt very video gamey to me, mm-hmm. especially the part where there's just visual lines coming off all the metals. <laughs> and you can choose which thing you're going to grab on. That's yeah. definitely 100% a video game. I was like, is he a gamer? <laughs> uh, I definitely agree with basically every sentiment, but <laughs> um, I didn't mind it at first. It made sense. He was explaining to me how it works. But once I understood the concept and like the rules around it, at that point, it felt like you could just tell me what was actively happening in the world. I didn't need to see the lines every single time she was looking around. I didn't need to be told what she was burning when she turned it off. I just needed to know, okay, the crate's moving. Okay, it's because she's pulling it. Yeah, there was not really like much faith in the reader making assumptions. So I've played Dungeons and Dragons and a couple other tabletop role-playing games, and I listened to several podcasts of people playing through them, and the the fights take a lot longer than they would in real time because it's move by move of people making these choices and like kind of spelling it out like like it's done in the book. And so maybe it comes from like my enjoyment of that sort of stuff that I didn't mind the fights. That could be. I think the mechanics of magic can be really interesting. It's not what I it's not my go-to magic system to read the really heavy explanation ones like this but it kind of reminded me of tabletop games where it's like action by action like move and counter move Mm. and then like you have to look at the different storages and stats and things that play into that and I really enjoyed it It, it's definitely a more technical style of magic and fighting than a lot of what I read but it reminds me a little bit of that mechanically that explains why I wouldn't why it seemed so bizarre to me because I haven't ever done that and I don't really play video games at all. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a foreign concept and not what I'm used to in my reading at all. Yeah, I do think it's definitely more stylized in a D&D or video game way where the fights are a lot longer than you would expect them to be in like a movie. I still argue that it slows the pacing down of the overall flow of the scene That's obviously my personal take. Uh, I also don't like those sorts of fighting systems in video games. I don't like turn-based battle systems because the the idea behind it is just really silly to me. Like, (laughs) I'm going to stand here and it's your turn. We'll see if I dodge. Maybe you'll hit me. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I just don't. Action is supposed to feel fast. And when it doesn't feel fast-paced to me, it feels very odd and off. And like mm-hmm. something should have been changed so that I, I in my head feel the urgency of what's happening. Mm. Um, I, but I do in general not really enjoy a lot of fight scenes anyway. I like them to be over pretty mm-hmm. quickly because fight scenes probably would be in real life. Yeah, I don't disagree that it does slow things down. And that they do take a while to get through. But I think it's more of a stylistic thing of whether you're just on board with that style or not. Yeah, yeah like probably. I said, it's it's personal opinion. And clearly it was an active choice he made. I just would have done it differently. And understanding that it went through his entire book, it's probably continued throughout the rest of the series very mm-hmm. similarly. And it's just, it's a big enough deal to me with a book that has action that I wouldn't be interested in reading the rest. Because I know every single time they bring up magic, I'm going to get increasingly more annoyed. 
Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of fantasy where the action is done poorly and it feels like a flaw in writing. I feel like this is just a style choice that I think is a pretty bold one and might not be my favorite, but I do enjoy it. But it makes sense why you don't. Yeah, I think no matter what, like you're going to write things that some people will like and some won't. So I think you just have to write what works for you if you're writing a fantasy book. So we talked about Lord Ruler quite a bit, but let's touch on Vin, who I really love as a main character. I think she has a reasonable amount of flaws and insecurity, but in general is competent and brave and just someone that I want to read more about. I thought she was a really well done character. I like that they took her background into consideration a lot with like her choices she made and Mm -hmm. how she viewed all the people and her slowness to trust them and, you know, constantly waiting for them to betray her. And they had like a real reason for her to feel that way with her brother, you know, leaving her and her realizing, oh, yes, everyone is going to betray me, just like he said. I thought that was great, and I really liked her as a character. She was very engaging, and I loved her parts. She's... Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say she was very good. (laughs) She was a really compelling character. She was a strong female lead. Um, I did like that her past gave her believable trauma, Mm -hmm. but... I would say that it got swept away pretty easily. Like they definitely did some some time skips, but then acted like that time jump with her being around people that she decided she could trust meant that so many of those trust issues went away. It felt like it didn't make a lot of sense to me for her to trust her romantic interest so easily. Yeah, I will say the romantic interest is my big letdown of this book. It's very... Very disappointing. I understand why she trusts Kelsier and Kelser and the rest of that crew. It's a little bit quick for me, but I get it. She's had a lot of time with them. But the romantic lead, El... Ellen? Elden? This is something about fantasy that drives me nuts, is weird names that you feel awkward having to say out loud. Because you're like, I don't know what they were going for here. (laughs) Maybe it's my own personal distaste of uh, people who have struggled having to explain that struggle to people who are more privileged and don't take the time to really dive deeper. But I just immediately was put off by his character and stayed that way through the entire book. He felt very weak and annoying, and that never really went away for me. He was just kind of a random nobleman who was kind of interested in doing the right thing but didn't really have any interesting, definable traits for himself. He didn't really add anything to the story. Actually, yeah, he didn't add anything to the story. It would have been exactly the same without him. Um, The rest of the series, maybe not so, but they definitely could have found a way without him, like 100%. He was always just kind of popping in the background like, oh, no, what's happening now, guys? I'm going to run off over here. And then popping into the end scene like, I'm here now. I'm going to go over here and almost die. And she's I'm like, I'm going to no. come save you. Oh, you saved yourself. I was 100% useless. Okay. I should have just stayed home. I will say, I think Vin's really well done, especially for a female character written by a male author. Mm-hmm. But the romantic subplot is the whole time where I was like, yeah, this was definitely written by a dude because I don't know a single woman that would be that into him. 
yeah. and trust this. Like, he did not have a lot of, like, really compelling reasons to feel about him romantically. You know why she trusted him? You know why she trusted him? Because he had truthful eyes. <laughs> what does that what mean? What kind of excuse is that for someone who has gone her whole life distrusting people because she's been brainwashed into thinking everyone's going to betray her? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have particularly radical views for a nobleman. He doesn't have particularly brave, charismatic actions. He doesn't even really have, like, a physical appeal. <laughs> I think he could have had the opportunity for me to like him, but he did mm -hmm. not get enough screen time for me to feel like it was, it made any sense for him and Ven to be interested in each other and especially for Ven to be interested in him. Yeah. yeah. I feel like she should have been a way harder sell. Yeah. Yeah. It's my big letdown of the book. Like I knew that there was going to be romance in the book. And as they introduced other characters, I was like, well, it better not be them because they're so old. And then they introduced him and I was like, Oh, okay. It's going to be this one. <laughs> he's her age and he's handsome or whatever. Uh, Sazed, though, love him yes. to death. Yeah. Probably I... one of the, he's the best character in the story outside of Ven. I adore him and I adore how passionate he is about knowledge and religion and how he's a really brave, bold person who is not brash. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's very humble in his standing outside of the norm. I think at some point in one of the early scenes with him, he makes a subtle joke and she's like, oh. And I didn't know he, you guys could joke. Yeah, and he's just like, we're a subtle people. <laughs> yeah. And I, f I really feel that social pressure and like kind of conditioning in his characterization that he has a lot of subtleties in his emotions i really loved the whole concept of his people and mm -hmm. their need to preserve the legends and the religions mm -hmm. and the truths that used to be that's so interesting to me i really enjoyed that yeah he was definitely an amazing character and uh just just as an aside if they had been a little bit closer in age or whatever I wouldn't have minded him being the romantic interest because he was just a really solid character in general. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of nitpicks, I <laughs> guess I would say. One, Ven was a great character, but also she was basically the only female character in the book. Everyone else was very male. <laughs> I agree with that. And, you know, there's other characters that get introduced throughout the series, but... You shouldn't have only one important woman in the in a whole nearly 700-page novel. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things. There were just some weird hang-ups I had with the, like, writing itself. Mm -hmm. um, just some, like, random kind of nitpicky things that just, they stuck out so much <laughs> to me I had to write them down. Uh, there were a lot of times, and I only wrote down three examples because I didn't start actively keeping track until about halfway through the book, where there'd be a word in the sentence, and then in the very next sentence, it would be that word again, like wall, and then wall, or body, and then body. And it just felt really weird mm -hmm. to have the same words so close to each other so often. Yeah, that's something I definitely point out when I'm editing other people's work is not to do that. 
And it was all situations where it was like, if you just slightly reword it, you don't need it the second time at all. Because yeah. we, you've already told us you're talking about the wall. We don't need to be told that she's touching the wall. Yeah. Yeah, I look for that when I'm writing and editing, but I have to say I didn't didn't catch it at all in this novel. I guess when I'm going into media, whether it's watching a movie or reading a book, I'm always constantly kind mm. of looking out for that stuff. One, so that I can learn, and two, because it's it's fun for me mm. to be paying attention to those sorts of things. Um, a- another little nitpick was... How do you say that word? Maladroitly. Maladroitly. Uh, yeah. yeah, maladroit. Uh, he refused to say the word awkward. I'm pretty sure it did not surface at all within the book. And so we constantly got to read maladroit, which <laughs> was fine the first one or two times. Got really weird to see so many times because it's not a common word. So it stuck out every time I read it and it just felt awkward. And it's not like it's something that exclusively popped up in a character's dialogue, because then it's a weird character quirk, but it was just in the novel. It was always in, like, the descriptive parts. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if you're going to use, like, a synonym for something, you need to look at when the usage was popular, because it stands out if it's not something that was used in recent history, and people don't use that. So, especially if you're going to do something repeatedly. It can't be a word like that that's very noticeable and odd. So my last thing, it's not necessarily like a a nitpick in and of itself. I guess it just depends on how you want to take it. The plot itself was really interesting. And I feel like he did a really good job at anything that ended up being important at the end of the book was at some section brought up. So nothing came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I would also, at least for myself... And this could just be because whenever I watch anything or read anything, I'm I'm always analyzing for tropes and uh, like what where people typically go with stories and stuff like that. But nothing came as a surprise to me. Like as soon as something was introduced, I was like, ah, this is going to be important later on. Like as soon as they brought up the mistrates, I was like, ah, something is going to be really important about mistrates. Or when they started talking about the journal or any of those entries or as soon as he was like, and this guy hates me, I was like, oh, okay, so he's really important. He's probably <laughs> like, he's going to come up at the very end. So when it was like, he's actually the Lord Emperor, I was like, yep, saw that coming. Yeah, I will say most of the foreshadowing, I then picked up on it before the reveal, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily think that's a problem when it's not a suspenseful mystery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With this genre and the style it's told in, it was a good plot and I was along for the ride. And so I didn't mind being like, ha ha ha, I figured it out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't like that feeling when it's too obvious in mysteries and thrillers. But something like this, I'm like, ha ha ha, I knew that before you did, Finn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's funny. I mean, all things considered, it it wasn't a bad book by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few things that really got me hung up that like keep me from feeling very strongly positively about it. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm close to the neutral, and depending on what topic we start th- <laughs> talking about, I'll think I'm negative or positive on it. Yeah, I think it really depends on 
what style of writing and style of fantasy you're into. Because if you don't like the action and don't like parts of the world building, it can be a real deterrent for this book. But I feel like it's it was really well done and it's a book that I would recommend depending on what genre people are into. I enjoyed it immensely. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you guys think? Let us know your thoughts on Miss Born and whether or not you agree with our thoughts by joining us on Facebook at Writers Emerging or following us on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you guys next week as we begin, as we begin our discussion on the sister of fantasy, sci-fi. <laughs>